Welcome to Montgomery Talk, the podcast that covers local issues produced by Montgomery Community Media. I'm Doug Tallman, senior reporter at MCM, and we're recording this in our podcast studios in beautiful downtown Durwood. With me today is Jackie DiCarlo, the CEO of Mana Food Center, the largest food assistance organization in Montgomery County. She's been there since 2013, and before that, she was with uh, Catholic Relief Services. Correct. Welcome, Ms. DiCarlo. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Why do we need something like Mana Food Center in Montgomery County? When Mana started 35 years ago, we um, had the community come together because there was a recession, and faith leaders and government leaders, business leaders said, you know, we need one organization dedicated to making sure that nobody goes hungry in Montgomery County. And that was kind of a unique moment. It was a recession. 35 years later, why do we still need that is unfortunate because there are still people struggling in Montgomery County. About 63,000 of our neighbors don't always know where their next meal is coming from. That's kind of the definition of food insecurity. And so although we are wonderfully affluent in some ways, both in terms of economic realities, we also have a wonderful you know, natural resources, this is a great place for so many people. The unfortunate situation is some people are struggling. And so they need a place to turn to. And we are one of many organizations that are really focused on getting people good food and welcoming spaces. That number again was 75,000? No, 63,000. 63,000. It has gone down. It was 75,000 at one point. We are really proud to be part of what's called the Food Security Plan here in Montgomery County, where the county did recognize that we needed a strategic framework and implementation plan. And as part of that, we've seen the number go down, which is really encouraging. Unfortunately, there are pockets of poverty, concentrated poverty. And MANA has identified 20 census tracts where food insecurity is particularly high, and that's where we focus our work. So how do you deal with those census tracts? Is it like community-based or is it, you know, let's say um, we had a, a community of people who immigrated from Fredonia. I'll pick that just because of Groucho Marx and not pick on anybody else. But I mean, how do you reach into those kinds of communities that may not feel comfortable coming to the government or may not feel comfortable coming to a nonprofit asking for help? Well, one of the the hallmarks of our work uh, all these years has been really partnerships. So we often relate to faith groups or PTAs or other entities that interact with families that might need our services. We're also very focused on being community-based, and we get out in the community with cooking demonstrations, and we are trying to be leaders on organizations like Healthy Montgomery and the Food Council so that we interact with people. It may be Earth Day, but we'll have a table out for our community food rescue efforts, and and that draws people in. So we're able to just kind of pound the pavements, get to know people, build relationships. And that's actually the approach we're taking because we're going to expand into Silver Spring and open a new center. And we'll be there in June of this year. And um, for the past four or five months, we've just been going to anybody who will have us. Like last week, I was at the Friends of White Oak meeting, letting people know, hey, we're going to have this free marketplace beginning in July. You know, so we just get the word out. The organization was founded during a recession. Mm-hmm. How do that, that 63,000 number change with the economy? So because the the economy that had started, you know, three or four years ago now, I'm sorry, the economic recovery that started three or four years ago, that's when we started to see the downward trend. And yet, again, we saw in certain neighborhoods, we have a weekend bag program, for instance, where we're in more than 50 schools where there are a lot of kids who rely on free and reduced meals called farms. 
And those numbers were growing in certain, again, census tracts or neighborhoods. So while we celebrate the aggregate decrease, we're really concerned. And this is often in our immigrant communities and neighborhoods that are welcoming new Americans. So it goes back to your earlier question. We are redoubling our efforts dealing with linkages to learning, which is a, a program that's based in the school system, and talking and working and strategizing, collaborating with as many groups as possible who are in these neighborhoods, in these schools, and making sure that we know that we have the, the right resources for them. How many people do you serve in a day or a week? The average day is about 125 families turn to us so they can come to our Gaithersburg location. We have satellite locations, about 20 different locations around the county. So every month, it's about 3,100. Every Friday, we do send home bags, almost 2,900 bags of healthy food for the families. These are kind of like meal-ready kits if you will, kind of like Blue Apron, but the the kids take them home and those go to 2,900 kids. So, you know, we're talking 5,000 or more families a month are touched by Mana Food Center. And what, what did you do during the government shutdown? I understand you were part of the safety net for them. Yeah, well, as the shutdown began to drag on and we noticed that people were going to be without a paycheck, we recognized that so many of the people who turn to us at MANA are paycheck to paycheck. I mean, we serve some of your traditional food bank folks, you know, seniors who are aging into place or or people with disabilities. But we also know that we have a lot of working poor. And so we recognize that these federal workers, but also the contractors or people who are in the service industries that um, supported the government were going to go without a paycheck. And that's when we decided to waive our income requirement. So typically, those folks wouldn't meet our income eligibility. But during the shutdown, if they weren't getting a paycheck, they would. So we just made it really clear through social media, through our partner networks, hey, we are willing to waive that until the shutdown ends. And because there was a technically a pause and there was a threat that the shutdown would happen again, and we also know that people need to recover from those kinds of disruptions, we extended it until the budget was passed. Do you find people have to overcome pride to come to MANA? It is something that we are try try to be sensitive to, and so that's why our motto is good food and welcoming spaces. We try to offer as much hospitality as possible. At our new center, we are going to have an open marketplace where people can shop for free, and that's built on a model that we um, tested with a couple of faith-based organizations. Colesville Presbyterian Church on New Hampshire is a great example where they offer food once a month at a choice pantry, but they offer more than that. They offer hospitality where when you're waiting your turn to shop, you can hang out with your neighbors, eat cheese and crackers. The kids have a corner where their books. So we try to make it a friendly kind of community building space. And I think that that reduces some of the stigma. There are, though, I'm on Healthy Montgomery, which is a steering committee of nonprofits, government agencies, the healthcare system. And we look, you know, really specifically at different ethnic populations. And we know that there's a concern that, for instance, some Asian Americans may not turn to us even though they do need our services. So we try to have as culturally appropriate food to offer, as well as we try to make our services kind of fit the cultural norms that make people more ready to not accept help, turn to their neighbors when they need them. A person comes to you for the first time. What happens? 
Well, they may come to us through another agency. So we we do have strong connections with about 200 other service providers. And a great example is MCCH, Montgomery County Coalition for the Homeless. As they're transitioning people off the streets and into permanent housing, they refer them to MANA. And so we may talk actually to a caseworker who's like, hey, Doug needs some help. We're settling him in a home and now he can get food from us. So sometimes it goes through another agency, but they schedule that pickup. Sometimes the case manager will pick it up as they're getting themselves settled, dealing with transportation. Otherwise, people can self-identify. You know, I often tell the story of my family's situation when I was a kid. My parents split up. My mom was suddenly a single mom. She had to take on two jobs only a high school education. If she lived in Montgomery County right now, she would have to make over $80,000 with a high school education to not need food assistance or housing. So somebody like her can just pick up the phone and call. We have staff and volunteers who just confirm the residency, confirm economic situation. We ask some questions to try to make sure we match you with the spot that is closest to you. So like you and I are talking on a Wednesday. We are in the Long Branch Tacoma Park area at Clifton Park Baptist Church. So we could schedule and say, that's closest to your home. And that's the way it works. So what kind of food can they choose? What kind of food are they given? Yeah, so we since we have these 20 different distribution locations, we al- almost have 20 different styles. Not really, but like if it's a low-income senior housing, we will bring prepared boxes for those. Also, if you come to our, our Gaithersburg warehouse, you'll get a prepared box. It's closed with 15 to 18 items that match the nutritional recommendations of the government. And so we're making sure that you're getting whole grains and you're getting canned protein, which is a fancy way to say tuna. And then it's also supplemented with an open box of fresh items. So these are your fruits and your vegetables. We also have a bag of meat. If you eat meat and you might be a choice of a bag of bread, depending on our inventory, or you can pick out breads and pastries. So depending on the location, we have different options. We are at this new site that will be in the area of, in the East County near Fairland and White Oak, and it's on, uh, it's going to be on 29 at Tech Road. So we'll be able to have a, a catchment area of a lot of folks who are struggling with food insecurity. That will be a marketplace where they'll come in and they'll shop for the items based on the, their family size. So, you know, family of four will get a certain allotment. They'll get to pick what kinds of grains or rices. What if the client has a special diet? They're either uh, have a nut allergy or they're diabetic. Yeah. Well, I'm really proud of MANA about 10 years ago. So this was before my time. The board of directors committed to being not just about offering people food, but trying to help people with healthy lifestyles. Because unfortunately, there are a lot of diet-related diseases, and those impact the folks who are struggling in uh, low-income households. So we have a registered dietitian on staff. That's why we make sure that our closed boxes meet the nutritional guidelines. And so we're all about health. We believe that food is medicine. In the case of somebody with, well, definitely religious restrictions, so we we honor, you know, kosher, hael, if people are vegetarian, but we are able to customize special boxes for different needs. I know that, you know, one time I got a, a doctor's office that just referred somebody to us and commended us because we were able to help that person with her diet during chemotherapy. So even though we are serving 3,000 families a month that come to our Food for Families program, we try as much as possible to customize. If I can give a caveat, a lot of that does depend on our inventory. So you mentioned nut allergies. 
We'll obviously pull nuts out if we can, but in order to replace that with different foods, it depends on what we have on our shelves. So we really are reliant on the community for donations of food and funds. We have a healthy wish list of items or our most preferred and desired foods. And also if people donate money to us, then we can buy wholesale and get items that we know are appropriate for people's diets and for their cultures. Okay. We're at a good stopping point, and I'd like to take a break, and we'll come back shortly. I'm speaking with Jackie DiCarlo, CEO of Mana Food Center, and I'm Doug Tolman, senior reporter at MCM. We'll be right back. MCM, your community media center, is making Montgomery County a great place to live through programs like 21 This Week. Montgomery County's hardest-hitting political talk show keeps you up to date with the local political scene. Montgomery Community Media. Our middle name is Community. And we're back. I'm speaking with Jackie DiCarlo, CEO at Mana Food Center. I'm Doug Tolman, senior reporter at Montgomery Community Media. I want to talk, how, how can somebody help Mana? We often hear about how generous Montgomery County is. I think people in general are generous. What's the best way that they can show some support to you? We often say that we need food, we need friends, and we need funds. And that's what we, we need. But let me start by saying with gratitude. We couldn't do our work if it weren't for Montgomery County residents and individuals, businesses, faith groups. We were started by the community and because we have food drives. So coming up this spring, we're in partnership with the Montgomery County Muslim Foundation. Volunteers will go to giant food stores and spend a weekend collecting food. So that's great volunteer service. They're, they're great friends, but people are shopping for us and they're putting items in that box. So responding to our food drives is a, a wonderful way that people can help. People can volunteer with us. I often joke that our volunteer manager is more important at MANA than I am because I have a staff of 27. But if you add up all of the volunteer hours of people that give to us, whether sorting food or dropping off the smart sacks at local schools, we have another 35 full-time equivalents. We have a retired guy named Bruce. He comes in a certain day and he helps sort our food for nutritional content. We have Joan in the referral office who every Friday is answering the phones. So we have people who just say, you know, you are an agency that is fighting hunger. We believe in you and we're going to give, you know, our time to you. And then we also really appreciate gifts of money. I mean, we pay a living wage to our workers, so we need to have resources just to operate Mana Food Center in 20 different locations. We also are able to purchase things like we were talking earlier about produce. We have a farm to food bank program and we actually contract with local farms like Red Wiggler or One Acre and they give us a discount because they're partners, but we like to pay them something. And so that donation of resources uh, really helps us. So a family wants to donate food. Yeah. What do you tell them to bring to drop off at Mana? Since spring is coming, I can say that we do actually accept fresh items from people's gardens. We have a great partnership with Master Gardeners, and there's this concept called Grow a Row, 
where you bring to MANA or any other food assistance organization what you've harvested. And I'm a little bit of a gardener, so I might bring in tomatoes or basil. But more consistently throughout the year, we have our most wanted list. And these are things that you probably find in your own pantry when you're making your list. And, you know, the basic staples of canned goods. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, we can help people with recipes to make soups and casseroles. So the item, a lot of different items of fruits and vegetables that are, are canned, as long as they're low sodium, low sugar, you know, read the labels just like you would for your own health and wellness. Whole grain pastas. We need items that are culturally appropriate. So spices are great. So that if people like a little bit of uh, picante in their food, we appreciate that. But if you go to manafood.org, you'll be able to download a list of our, our most wanted items. I'm surprised you said people can donate fresh food because I think at least everybody thinks, you know, okay, I go to the grocery store, I can buy a box of cereal, I buy a can of soup, and I can take it to Mana. They don't think in terms of, you know, it's spring comes and, you know, somebody planted two zucchini plants and really they only wanted two zucchinis and they end up with like <laughs> Right. And any, any gardener knows you always have more zucchini than Right, you right, right. <laughs> right. So you will accept yeah, fresh food. Yeah. So in, in that case, of course, you know, the sooner the better. Sure. Uh, so you harvest it and then you, you come over to 9311 Gaither Road. We're, we're open Mondays through Fridays. But year round is when we will always accept the shelf stable items too. The other thing that, that I've always kind of wondered about is I'm a devotee of Costco. I go mm-hmm. maybe every weekend. But I go through the aisles and I think if I had a shopping list or something from a food bank to say, mm-hmm. get this, don't get that. I mean, I, I would assume a gallon-sized jug of mayonnaise is not helpful at Mana. I'm assuming. Mm. But they do sell a case of canned corn or something that, you know, each individual mm. can is useful. So, I mean, what do you uh, advise people if they do want to go to Costco and come back with, you know, huge bulk items? Yeah. Well, actually, that is very helpful because of our Smart Sex program. So this is a weekly bag program where we're, we know the food is going home to households with kids. And so we really don't want to leave the items up to chance as to what is in our inventory. So we purchase a lot of items. But if you're buying in bulk, you know, mac and cheese, tuna, I'm sorry that I didn't bring the the, the list because I could rattle them off, but, you know, canned vegetables, those kind of items in bulk, we will accept them. Another thing to know about MANA is that we do run the Community Food Rescue Network. And so if we get large items that are kind of industrial strength, we uh, or industrial size, I should say, of, let's say, tomato paste, well, we can share that out with Bethesda Cares or Shepherd's Table who are making meals in large quantities for folks who are turning to them. So if we can't use it, we put it into, uh, we have this technology called Chow Match where we make matches between ourselves, donors, and other food assistance organizations. So we really work on reducing um, waste so that we can feed more people. So the gallon of mayonnaise is not necessarily something that you can say, no, I don't want. You can actually put it to use. Right. So we may not give it to a family, but we would give it to an organization that can use it. And so, yeah, that's definitely – Costco is not a bad thing. And we, we pick uh-huh. up from Costco. We have a, a food rescue program where we have dr- drivers going out every every day at 630, and they go to uh, different routes of, of places like Giant and Roots and Costco right. and Target. Let's say a church or a fraternal organization or even a small nonprofit on 
Crabs Branch Way, uh, <laughs> wants to start a food drive. What are your suggestions to, to actually starting one? Yeah, we have a great, uh, on manafood.org, uh, we have a great food drive kit. It's a how-to. It has these lists of foods that I'm not coming up with right off the top of my head, but it also has ideas about incentives. So, you know, for instance, we know that sometimes, and right now, um, Snyder Cohn is in the, uh, one of our supporters. They're in the middle of a food drive where the team or the department in their agency that raises the most food gets to wear casual clothes for a week or something. They're a real buttoned up firm. So think of ways to make it fun for whatever organization it is. We also have flyers that you can use. We have suggestions. We have boxes that you can get from us where you can collect it and it reminds people and it actually has that healthy food wish list or desired foods on the side. So we try to make it simple for you. So go to manafood.org and download the food kit. Mm -hmm. You can contact us if you do want to, if it's going to be a large drive and you want those cardboard boxes, what we call Gaylords, we can get those for you. We just need a little advance notice. Now, you mentioned getting donations from Costco. What other companies and food organizations are donating to MANA? Well, as I mentioned at the beginning, we were started by Giant Food, which, you know, was a local family-owned business way back when, and, and they were part of the impetus to our even coming into being. And we still every day go to a range of Giant Food stores. But other chains, Trader Joe's is also part of our pickup. We work closely with Capillary Food Bank, which is a regional food bank, and they have a lot of corporate relationships. And we navigate where we can pick up and where other groups can pick up so there's not a duplication of effort. But uh, as I say, there's also groups like the smaller chains like Moms or Roots and those groups. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that we also pick up at farmer's markets. Some of our best partners are uh, like Bethesda Central on the weekends, and we are able through Community Food Rescue to pick up surplus food after farmer's markets, which is a great way for us to, to get more of that healthy produce and also locally made items. And how many of these organizations are coming to you and saying, we've got excess food, and how much of it is MANA going to the organization saying, we noticed that you sell this food and we'd love to have it? Through Community Food Rescue, we do have an outreach worker whose job it is, is to help identify potential food donors. So it could be grocery stores, farmers markets, caterers, restaurants. We want to make sure that food companies know that there is a place where their surplus food can be redirected to people. So sometimes we're pounding the pavement in a different way than we were talking earlier. But then sometimes groups come to us. We're really proud that Imperfect Produce, which was started by a Montgomery County native, Ben Simon, they are doing a kind of a CSA model in the region. And they have reached out to us and said, we'd like to, to share some surplus. And there's also a great model because they have discounted food because it's in Perfect, you know, things that don't, you know, meet the quality you might imagine. And I'm sure not quality. The food is great and tasty. The aesthetics are perhaps sure. not there. So as a customer, you get a discount. And then they are even more discount for people who are receiving SNAP or food stamps. We do food stamp outreach. So it, we're really aligned with those kind of socially responsible businesses. So how much of your donations come from individuals and how much come from groups and how much come from companies? I mean, is what's the mix? Yeah, the vast majority is that daily food rescue that we do with the grocery store chains and the, the farmer's markets. But in our community food rescue network, we have 300 different groups that are either donors or other food agencies or volunteer food runners that actually help us pick it up sometimes. 
the food drives, especially the the more well-known ones like Dr. King's food drive in, in January, the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts scouting for food, Yom Kippur. So those are some really essential ones that raise tens of thousands of pounds of food for us. Okay. So I want to talk a little about the size of manna because mm-hmm. I've been there and it's impressive. Your main site, I guess you'd call it, is at 9311 Gaither Road mm-hmm. off Shady Grove Road. Exactly. You're building something like 40,000 square feet? No. Mm-mm. That's about 12,000 square feet. 12,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. No problem. How many employees do you have? We have about 27 folks on the payroll. Not all of them are full-time. We also have some contractors that make our, our work possible. Okay. And how many volunteers? If you add it up, it's more, it's over 30,000 hours of volunteers throughout the year. And this can be SSL hours. It can be a faith group doing box packing, a family doing box packing. But we calculate it to be about, that we have about 100 regular volunteers. So those folks that I was talking about who, who come on a set schedule, like, uh, you know, Karen and Nancy and other folks that I see every Tuesday, you know, those kind of people, it's about 100. And you've got a number of trucks, too. I, I see the man of food trucks as I drive around Montgomery County. Yep. So we have refrigerated trucks that we have a fleet of about six refrigerated or box trucks. We have a, a van where we do small pickups from food drives. And then we also have Manny, which is the nickname for an old school bus that we renovated and turned into a kitchen, which is, can do nutrition and lessons on the bus, as well as it serves as a pop-up pantry. So when we were talking about those uh, neighborhoods of concentrated need, we want to make sure we can go anywhere that people need food for a pop-up pantry. Manny enables us to do that, but we don't want to just give food to people. We want to help build skills. And so we have that commercial kitchen where we can do cooking lessons. In aggregate, how much food do you distribute in a year? It's about, kind of ranges, but uh, land on about 3 million pounds of food a year. You're looking at me like, that's a lot of food. (laughs) I'm sorry for the listeners. I, I, I just was amazed at 3 million pounds. Now, you're the largest food bank in Montgomery County, but you're not the only food bank in Montgomery County. How many are there? Yeah, so there is a, a great network. Uh, the Food Council, which MANA serves on, has identified about 150 groups. And those range from faith-based group that is doing a food pantry in their place of worship with all volunteers, and they may open that you know, every weekend when they're having services, to a group like MANA, which is volunteer-powered but also professionally staffed. So we are considered the largest because we're a community-based organization. We focus only on Montgomery County, but we have many, many partners that we work side-to-side with to make sure that food doesn't go to waste. We also do referrals. So, for instance, at MANA, the Food for Families, you can come to us once a month. But if it's a situation where it's three weeks and, you know, it's not your time to return, well, we can say, well, you know, go to Gaithersburg Help or go to Nourish Now. And so we try to connect people with other food resources as well as other resources like clothing or utility assistance, that sort of thing. You've got how many satellite sites? You said 20? 20 total. Some of them are drop-offs. We have, on a daily basis, partners that are faith groups or like in East County, we are at the rec center. We really appreciate the rec center welcomes us every Friday and we're able to set up shop. And that's kind of that modified choice that I was talking about where people get a closed box, but they can pick their fruits and vegetables or whatever. Do you make any effort to make sure your these stops are on ride-on location <laughs> or... Uh... 
Yeah, most definitely. So because we're part of the food security plan, we work really closely with the food council and the county government. There's something called Food Stat Now, which is a, a conglomeration of data points. It's where grocery stores are. It's where ride-on bus stops are. And and one of the reasons we picked the location that we're uh, moving to in the Silver Spring East County area is we are going to be at, the location already has four bus stops kind of circumventing it, and it will be a stop for one of the new BRT. So we definitely bring transportation into it. I should also give a shout out to the the folks at Ride On. They do a food drive for us every spring, which we appreciate, but they also, we've advocated with them for more broader schedule of the Ride On uh, that circulates in our neighborhood on Gaither Road, and they've recently added ton timing. Food recovery is the buzzword, at least I've heard quite often lately, that is you take prepared food that wasn't served but still good and find some way to get it to a needy person. How is MANA involved with food recovery? So we are um, the county's kind of coordinator or administrator of this community food rescue network. And what we do is that we seek out food donors. Uh, anybody that has been licensed by HHS uh, is a business that we know is going to provide safe food. Then they go into our system. We establish a profile and they can post. It's a little bit like a dating service. You know, you're a food donor and you can say, okay, I have three pans of lasagna left over because not as many people ate at the bar mitzvah, I right. thought they would. Then we have food assistance partners. So these are groups like Interfaith Works or Rainbow Community Development. And they say, oh, well, you know what? I'm serving this many people on a daily basis. And the algorithms match that opportunity. But then it also gets to be a little bit like Lyft because we have dozens of volunteer food runners who get a notification on their email or their phone that say, well, hey, can you pick up from this location and take it to that location? And uh, we make that match happen. So we are really focused on trying to feed more people by wasting less, but also make it as convenient as possible to both the food donor. And it's a great way um, to increase civic participation. So we've been talking a lot about volunteers. Well, folks who have transportation and there may be stay-at-home moms that they're doing a, a soccer run, you know, they're getting their kids off to practice, but they can also, as long as they've gone through our program and volunteered and trained up on health and safety, then they can pick up that food and make it happen. Okay. At one point you said you're moving into Silver Spring. Could you mm -hmm. just talk about that a little bit more? Sure. We are going to um, be in the East County at a kind of the intersection of Tech Road and 29 or Columbia Pike. It's a, a three-story building. We're going to be on the first floor, and that's where we're going to have the walk-in marketplace where people can shop. We'll also have a classroom where we'll be able to do nutrition education because, again, we're trying to not only give people food, but we're also trying to help them build their skills on using that food in healthy and tasty ways. And we're also going to make that available to the community. So, for instance, the Literacy Council wants to have GED tutoring. They can use it in our classroom. Then on the second floor is when we're going to have conference room space so we can host the food council meetings of uh, the Food Recovery and Access Working Group, as an example, as well as our own offices. So that will be happening this summer. And we appreciate this podcast as an opportunity to get the word out. But all of the updates will be manafood.org. And we're right now in the process of doing what we're calling community talks, where we're trying to get to know our new neighbors and learn what would be the great, you know, the best hours of operation. So should we do more evenings? Should we do more weekends? That sort of thing to make it more convenient and go with the, the lifestyles of the folks who need to turn to us. 
Okay. Uh, Manafood.org mm-hmm. is your website. What's the phone number? 301-424-1130. And in terms of Community Food Rescue, that also has its own website, communityfoodrescue.org. Okay. And your the mothership for MANA is on Gaither Road, 9311. And how else can people interact with you? We have a great social media presence. So we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. And for those that more in the professional sphere, we, we like to be a thought leader, but we also like to learn from others. So we have a good presence on LinkedIn as well. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Carl. I appreciate you being here. This has been Montgomery Talks. Join us next time. I'm Doug Tolman, senior reporter at MCM. Our engineer today was Mike Valentine, and our executive producer is Gaynell Evans. Thank you very much. Thank you.